Welcome to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillian Newbell. I am so excited about today, but before we begin, let's talk about the weather. (laughs) I don't know about where you live, but it seems like the temperature has been turned up these couple of weeks. It is so hot. Yesterday, my husband and I went for a walk, and we are sure that our lungs filled with water vapors. It was so humid. Wherever you are, we'd like to hear from you. Soon, we will open the lines for you to call in. But you can also email us anytime. You can send me an email at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. That's livingbyfaith at moody.edu. And let us know where you are listening and in which city. You can tell us the temperature, too, if you'd like. I have a question for you. When you are anxious or worried about something, or when you need something, or when you are thankful and excited and want to sing praises, where do you tend to go? Do you go to a trusted friend? Maybe even your spouse. Maybe you go to your pastor. I think we need to Think about this honestly. Where do we run? Where do we tend to run to? And and it can be anything like um, maybe it's Netflix. Maybe that's where you run when you need to unwind or need to kind of escape. I don't know. We collectively have a place to run, and that's to our Father who art in heaven. But if we are honest with ourselves, God isn't always our first person to turn to. I confess, I think it's good for you to hear me confess, it is much easier for me to read the Bible and study God's word than it is for me to pray. I love God's word. I open it every day. It's it's just an easy thing for me to do. I do pray I do, but often I've realized, and I'll tell you how I've realized this, my prayers can be vague or it can be the exact same words every time. I have like a, a repeated prayer, which isn't, it's it's okay. I mean, God taught us to pray a, a prayer, but there is there is something about my prayers. I think that can be a little safe. I just, I'm afraid to pray the hard prayers. So... My prayers don't always convey that I have a trusted Heavenly Father that I can run to or that I serve a holy God who cares for the lilies. Surely He cares for me. That is one of many reasons I am thrilled to have today's guest on the show. Dr. Jed Coppinger is the pastor of Redemption City in Franklin, Tennessee. He is the author of 21 Days of to Childlike Prayer, Changing Your World One Specific Prayer at a Time, and the Executive Director of Baptist 21. Pastor Jed is married to Melanie, and they have three kids. Here's the thing. Jed is also my pastor. Over the next few episodes, I intentionally have people who know me and I love so that I can get you to know all the people close to me. I really believe that it is important that you know um, 
who who you're listening to, people who really know me well. Now, here's the thing. I've also I also know Jed. I have watched him cry out to the Lord and need to pray and to share it with his congregation. He has taught his church how to pray and he has taught me how to take my vague prayers and really cry out to the Lord. So, Jed, I'm so excited you are here with us. Truly, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. So I want to start with just a a basic question that I imagine most of us think we know the answer to, but we probably might be surprised. What is prayer? Well, I think that uh, there's a lot of different ways you could define prayer, Um, but uh, the way that I've found it to be most helpful uh, as I read the scriptures, it's just simply it's communication, whether verbal or nonverbal, um, to God about what we think is best. So when you say communication about what we think is best, would you f- share a little bit more about that? What do, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, uh, he comes and he gave his life for us and was raised from the dead uh, in order to come into a saving relationship with us so he could save us. And uh, there are some things that uh, that relationship isn't like uh, any other relationship, but but there are a lot of things that we overcomplicate it. And he wants to speak to us in his word and, and he wants us to speak to him in prayer. And so when you read the scriptures, you, you see, especially the Psalms, you see over and over uh, the Psalms, whether it's David or someone else crying out to God or, or just communicating to God about something that they don't like in their life, something they wish was changed, something that uh, is pressing in on them, uh, that's distressing them, that they would like to see differently. And so they're just communicating to God about what they think uh, is best. And uh, that's exactly what we see Jesus uh, teaching his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount when he talks to them about praying that God's name would be hallowed, that the kingdom would come, that his will would be done. Uh, these are all things that you could define in a lot of different ways, but very basically you could say it's about what's best. It's best that God's name would be hallowed in our hearts, in our homes, in our world. It's best that his kingdom would come. It's best that his will would be done. But we're also praying about daily bread, which is provision and, and relational challenges. And and just he's teaching us to, to bring the things that aren't right and come to him about those things. And so uh, in, in a very childlike nature, uh, he yeah. points us to the father-child relationship. He could have used a lot of words there. Um, there's a lot of titles used in scripture to describe uh, who God is, but he points his disciples to a God who is a father, which means he's helping us think about God's identity and our identity as kids who are Mm. talking to their heavenly father, uh, simply about what they think is best. Um, I want to talk a minute about a kid. And here's the thing. I, I think when we get older, we forget that we have Mm. a father who is in heaven and, and we forget that childlike faith, and in this case, childlike prayer, I think you have to have kind of that childlike faith in order to pray like a child. Yes. And so help us to return. How do we return to that childlikeness? Yeah, you know, you know, one of the fun things about Jesus' teaching on prayer 
or one of the most interesting things is that right before he teaches his disciples about prayer, he tells his disciples, God already knows what you need before you ask. He already knows what you're going to ask before you ask, which seems like it's something that would be uh, demotivating to people. Um, mm -hmm. You're like, well, what's why I ask? And I think the reason is, is prayer is not about um, uh, informing an uninformed God. It's about uh, engaging our unengaged hearts uh, mm. with uh, God's presence, which is all around us, right? He's promised that he would be with us even to the end of the age. And so I think that it's important to remember when you think about prayer uh, that God wants us to be engaged in, in his presence. And he uses our problems and our plans and uh, challenges to do those types of things. Now, you said something, and my first response was to like lift my hands and say, ooh, <laughs> over here. <laughs> I was uh, cheering you on in my heart. And one of the things you said was it helps us engage. He wants to engage our unengaged hearts. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we engaged? And is there a reason why you, you see us not as uh, people who are engaged yeah, I think that um, you know one of the one one of the things Jesus knew was going to be true of his disciples was that he was going to the cross and he would die on the cross and pay the penalty for their sins um, and break the power of sin. But he also knew that uh, sin would continue to be present in our lives and um, until he comes again and. I think that he he knew that and he uses prayer, I think, uh, as much as anything to help give us an indication of how much uh, the sin that is still present in a Christian's life is controlling that Christian's life. Um, because sin um, makes us do a lot of things. But one of the things it does very practically, it just makes us not believe in a big God who can do yeah. anything to it, it, it. It makes us get bored with what's best. It makes mm. the way of death seem like the way of life and the way of life seem like the way of death. It, it makes us think that it's faster to move through the day uh, and get after things. It's more productive to do that uh, rather than to slow down and to ask God who can do more in a moment that we can do in a lifetime to help mm. us with our problems and plans for the day. And so I think, I think that uh, our hearts, uh, you know, one of the things that a number of my heroes in the faith talked about was just about getting sleepy Christians to become fully alive to God. Hmm. Um, in one very real sense, by faith, when we trust Jesus as our Savior, we're fully alive positionally. But right. practically, practically, day to day, and as we follow Jesus, as we take that next step, as we hear his ancient voice, um, we still are kind of sleepy. And so, yeah. uh, you know, George Mueller, one of my heroes in the face, said that his, his most important duty of the day was to get his heart happy in the Lord. And so that's what he would do to start the day. And uh, I found that to be true in my own life, is that it, yeah. took, it takes work day in and day out. And it's a joyful work with an open Bible, and it's a, a, an open journal, and some unhurried time with the Lord, uh, getting my heart to a place where I'm living um, 
in touch with reality, which is the reality that God is present, he's available, and he is calling us into things we can't handle so that we can mm -hmm. see more of him, we can experience more of his love, more of his wisdom uh, as we move through uh, this messy world. Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you call it sleepy Christians, which it sounds like you borrowed from someone else who said it, which yep. is the nature of all of our us writers. Oh, but yeah. yeah. But I, oh man, if we could even today help people awaken, come awake, alive mm -hmm. to, to the treasures that we have available in Christ. And one of them is that we get to go before a throne of grace in our time of need and mm. that we get to, I, I, one of the things that is always amazing to me about prayer is that we get to go and, and, and speak to a holy, just God. So yes. you have been listening to living by faith with Trillia Newbell. And when we return, we're going to continue this conversation with Jedediah Coppinger more soon. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I have been talking with Jed Coppinger about prayer, and we would love to pray for you. If you have a prayer request, call us at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Or... 877-LIVE-675. We'd really love to pray for you. You may also email your prayer request at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. Jed, so we have been kind of giving some basic foundational information about prayer. Why, why do we pray? We're going to get kind of into the weeds a little bit because I'm, I'm wondering how can prayer change us? Hmm, that's a great question. You know, I, the, when you look at the way that Jesus starts out the Lord's Prayer, you see that he points to the identity of God and uh, our identity um, in relationship to him. And I think the reason he does that is because um, a big part of the challenge to us changing is our view of God and our view of ourselves. Because your view of of God and your view of yourself in a large part will determine how you pray and how you pray really reveals your view of both of those things. So, so here's what I mean. Um, he, he points to a God who is father and who uh, is in heaven, which really carries the idea of someone who is willing because he's a father to do what's mm -hmm. best for his kids and someone who is able because he's in heaven to do what's best for his kids. It's the Psalm 115.3 God who's in heaven and does whatever he pleases. It's a picture of power and confidence. And so it really elevates our view of God's love and God's power when we think about prayer. And one of the major reasons he does that is because that is at the heart of so many other problems in our lives. It's what the Bible calls unbelief, is that we don't have a high enough view of his love and a high enough view of uh, his power. And so we shrink back. 
when there are Goliaths that are out there that are scary, that we can't handle. We forget the God that we have present with us to take on those things. And so he uses our prayer life to change our view of God, to refresh our view of God, to give us a bigger vision of God day in and day out. And as we see more of who God is, it changes us, right? We all with unveiled face, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, as we behold the glory of the Lord change from one degree to another. He changes us as we think about him and as we think about him, we think about ourselves and, and we realize that we're, we're childlike, like he says there. And, and that's not a, a put down by him uh, in an unnecessary way. It's just uh, getting us in touch with the reality that um, uh, we really uh, are in a place where we need the kinds of things Jesus said in John 15, where he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And um, so he, he says, listen, I want you to start to see yourself uh, as a child who has a father who has unlimited power, who has unending love, who is present in every one of your problems and plans. And as you just start right there, it changes your prayer life. It changes how you face problems. It, it changes yeah. how you relate to people when when bad things are happening. And, and, and it just and it gives you more courage. So there's a lot that, that just really at there at that starting point. When you think about who he is and who we are in relationship to him, that begins to change your heart really without you even knowing it. I I love that, that your focus is on how it helps us remember who God is. Remember God. It's a, yeah. a reminder who God is. I believe we have someone on the line who would like prayer. Jordan at Lookout Mountain would like for us to pray for him. Are we ready for Jordan? Yes, and this is Jordan. Yes, how can we pray for you? Or do you have a question yes, for uh, Jed? I actually have a prayer request actually today that you can be praying for, uh, for me and some volunteers uh, for this upcoming Friday. Uh, we are going to be traveling to Dayton, Tennessee for a Johnny and Friends conference oh, on yes. July twenty. 20- Earth through the 26th, and I actually am going to be doing some training on that first day, but the conference starts uh, next week, Saturday. Uh, but you can be praying that um, the volunteers will hear the gospel and that the family can also hear the gospel being preached um, by God and learn about His love and faith. Wonderful. I will pray. We're going to pray that right now, Jordan. Um, Jed, we I love Johnny and Friends. I love J- uh, Johnny's ministry. Would Absolutely. you pray for Jordan and those volunteers? I'd love to. I'd love to. Let's pray, Jordan. God, we thank you so much for the work of grace in Jordan's life and in all of the volunteers' lives that are going uh, to Johnny and Friends. And um, God, we pray that you would enable their training to go fantastic, that as they are in the midst of their work, as they're leading up to it and afterwards, they have an overwhelming sense that you are present, that you are working, that you are blessing their efforts, that you're working beyond their efforts and you're working through their efforts. Would you Mm. encourage their hearts that you're present in their 
uh, training process and in the work that's going to take place at this conference so that when every person leaves their training and the conference, they all have an unmistakable sense that you were there in a unique way, speaking and working in each one of them individually. I pray for the leadership of Johnny and friends, and I pray that you would give them just the right things to say, just the right way, and that your spirit would be evident in so many different ways uh, as they carry out the ministry that's so important and that has helped so many different people. God, I pray that people would hear the gospel and they would respond to the gospel. I pray that you would continue to use Jordan in amazing ways, uh, that it would be said of him what was said of of, of Stephen and of Philip in, in the New Testament and Acts, that he's full of faith and full of the Spirit, and that he would be used mightily as an oak of righteousness in a world that desperately needs people like Jordan. We pray all of these things, trusting that you're going to do what's best because we know you always do what's best yes. for your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for calling, Jordan. We are going to um, continue to talk with Jed Coppinger about prayer here on Living by Faith, but continue to call in. We'd love to hear from you. We want to pray for you. Uh, We're at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. So Jed, I have another question for you. How does God respond to our specific prayers? Yeah, I I love uh, thinking about specificity when it comes to prayer. In fact, that's probably been one of the biggest uh, things that have changed my prayer life was learning how to become more specific in my prayers. What it is I would love to see God do by when. Um, In our church, we talk about how specificity leads to visibility. When we get specific with our prayers, we give the invisible God an opportunity to become visible in our life in a way he wouldn't without that that prayer. And I feel like most of us struggle with what I've struggled with for a lot of my life, which is what I call the vague prayer syndrome. Yeah. The, va- the vague prayer syndrome only prays vague prayers, and it's totally fine to do that. Um, but this is what it looks like. It's, it's Lord, will you be with us today? And yes. And yes, he, he will be with us. Or you pray, uh, Lord, would you bless this food? And you say, yeah, he, he's going to bless that food. Um, and, and no one ever got excited by hearing about someone. Someone says, you know what? We pray that the Lord bless our food today. And he did. And uh, that's great. You can pray those <laughs> prayers. I prayed those prayers. But when you get specific and you say things like, God, will you, would you I'm just discouraged. Would, would you? Yeah encourage me in some way? Would you make someone, call someone, you control every heart, would you call someone to to encourage me? Or will you encourage me by the end of the day in some kind of way? Just a prayer like that. When I've prayed that hundreds of times over the years, and it's been amazing to me how many times I've gotten a text message from someone I haven't talked to in forever, or some encouraging thing comes through that I had it wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even yeah. thinking about it when I when I prayed the prayer. And and that specificity, it's encouraging to get an encouraging thing. But just the answer to a specific prayer gives me the sense of, of God being close to me in my yeah. problem and in my plans. And so I think that kind of specificity 
you know, it could relate to work. God, would you give me a, a conversation by a certain point? Would you give me a raise? Would Would you provide a new opportunity by the end of the month? Would you solve this problem in this way? When you start to get specific like that and write those things down, you'll be amazed at how God will show up in your life in so many yeah. ways. Yes. You know, it's I at the top of the hour, I confessed that I struggle with the the vague p- prayer syndrome. I like that. I like that <laughs> prayer. <laughs> I, I have a syndrome and it's a it and I hate it. I want to pray specifically, but I realize what holds me back is fear. It, hmm. I'm, I don't want to to be disappointed or yeah. I, I don't want to um, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid to pray specifically. And and I wonder if there are other people who struggle with that same fear. It's easier to just say, oh, Lord, your will be done or mm-hmm. or to and, and those that is a good prayer. We do want his will to be done. Um, and well, here's the reality. His will will be done. And so it's it's just I I want to have some courage. And I so when we when we return, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about yeah. courage and how we can muster up the courage to pray and trust God with it. Trust the Lord with whatever it is. And so that is my that is my hope. We also will come back when we return to praying for you. You listeners, we that's that's the desire of today's show is that we would be praying for you that we we would be carrying these things specifically to the Lord. So get specific. We want to hear specific prayer requests. So you can call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-live 675. We will be praying for you. You can also email your prayer request at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. More soon. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I have been talking with Jed Coppinger about prayer, and we are hearing from you. We would love to continue to hear from you. Either you can call in for prayer at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675, or you can email your request at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. We have Lauren on the line, and we'd like to hear from you. what can, How can we pray for you? Yes, thank you. I appreciate taking my call. Um, I would just say for my family, parents, siblings, and myself, um, just unexpected miracles in ter- and um, provision and hope regarding finances, relationships, and opportunities. There's some, just some chains that need to be broken. Um, yeah. And, and that we're ready in our hearts and our minds um, to just kind of just submit what the Lord has and to receive it, even if it's going to mean difficult changes or uh, transitions um, or just think, preparing ourselves for even good, big things, just whatever that's going to look like, that we're just ready to embrace and um, accept and move forward into new new life. Okay. Encouragement and hope. Yeah. New new life, encouragement, hope, raises, relationships, opportunities. 
it just sounds like you want prayer for uh, a a wholeness and wellness in your family. And so, Jed, can you pray those specific prayers for Lauren in Indiana? Absolutely. Let's pray, Lauren. God, we thank you so much that you are a God who cares more about Lauren's problems and burdens than uh, than she does, that you've already been working behind the scenes in trillions of ways uh, to orchestrate all things for her good. Um, God, I pray that you would give her um, breakthrough in yeah. uh, her relationships and in finances and in work transitions and uh, living and all all the things that are weighing on her, uh, I just pray that uh, she would feel your nearness. I think about how in Psalm twenty two you say the, the psalmist says, "Be not far from me, for distress is near, and there is no one to help." There, there's this sense of uh, God. We need you to show up, mm-hmm. and we know you're present. We know you're working, but God, I, I I pray that you would make your presence unmistakable to Lauren. Yes. Uh, in her finances, uh, in her relationships. And I pray that even by the end of the t- today, that you would do something that would encourage her, that would make it, make it uh, speak to her in a way that she would know you hear her, that you're hearing from us right now, and that you're working for her good. I pray that by the end of the month, that she would see certain things take place in her finances, relationships, and work that that there would be something that would communicate to her uh, that you are moving her forward, that you are giving them grace to, to take steps that, that they can never manufacture, that they can never bring about, that all of the hard work in the world uh, could, couldn't make happen. But it really is you uh, that is watching over her, that really is you that is working not just through her and in her, but beyond her and around yes. her, that you control the hearts of the people that are around her that make financial decisions. You control the hearts of the people that she's in relationship with, that she's praying for breakthrough in, that you control uh, employers' hearts, that she can get emails out of nowhere, that she can get phone calls and texts about opportunities that aren't even on her radar right now. Would you stir in her a childlike wonder that believes in a God can do who can do anything? And would you do things that will ignite more and more childlike wonder in her heart that really says, God is here. He's working in my problems. He's working in my plans. Jesus, we ask for this in your name. Amen. Amen. I, um, I'm not sure if Angela is from Chesterton is still on the line. Okay, so we will, let's pray for Rose, and and this is the prayer request. She wrote this in. She is asking for us to pray for God to send her a friend and healing from a friend conflict. Okay, I don't know about you, Jed, but that's a, that's a, a common prayer and a common need, healing Absolutely. in our re- friendships, in our relationships, and and. Man, we, there's just a lot of brokenness. And over the last couple of years, I have seen a splintering. Woo, have I? Mm-hmm. It, it's been hard. So this prayer request, I, I can feel it. So would you pray a short prayer for Rose on um, healing and, and from her friend conflicts? Yes. Absolutely. 
Rose, uh, thank you so much for sending this in. Let's let's pray. God, um, we come to you um, praying for the friend uh, burden that Rose is feeling right now, uh, the challenge, the conflict uh, that she's in the midst of. We know that uh, you know what it's like uh, to have people yeah. who you love deeply uh, turn on you. Uh, obviously, uh, every one of us have done that, and you still are a friend to us. I think about mm. Jesus uh, on the night before he's betrayed, setting up the Lord's Supper with uh, mm. men he knew all would betray him in some to some degree, and the relational pain that's present, knowing that Judas is there after everything he's done for him. And that Peter's there, he's going to deny him after everything that Jesus had done for him. And I know that all of us, to some degree, find ourselves in friendships where we feel something of that. And we know that you feel more of it and that you actually know how to heal it and yes. bring reconciliation. And that you provide a grace that we don't have in ourselves uh, to help us move forward. You bring Jew and Gentile together, Ephesians 2 says, at a time when no one else could. Because there's something about what you did in the cross that as we think about how you extended grace to us and we didn't deserve it, you Mm -hmm. enable us to become a conduit of grace to the relationships around us and and unite with people that it just wouldn't make sense and we couldn't do on our own. And so I, I pray for that kind of grace to be evident. And I pray for a text message, an email here over by the end of the weekend. Um, that there would be something mm. that would signal to Rose that Jesus, you are working in her her relationships. You're working in this relationship. Um, I don't even know exactly what uh, it might be, but I, I do pray for something that uh, either would there would be a miraculous reconciliation this weekend that someone would admit what they did wrong, uh, and they would they would let go of the position that makes them immovable and they would soften in some kind of way. And there could be a a uniting this weekend, a gospel glue that brings them together. Or God, I pray that you would, you would do something that indicated there's movement in the right direction and that you're present in her problems. You're present in these relationships. God, we know that you're a friend of sinners We know that you're a uniter and we pray that you would unite and you would bring healing and that you would bring forgiveness in the relational conflict that Rose is dealing with. Pray these things in Jesus reconciling name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Okay. Wow. The, the phone lines are, there's a lot and I'm so, I'm so grateful and that we have lots of emails coming through. So I want to say right now that If you are on the line and we can't get to you, or if you are sending an email, you are going to be prayed for. Um, We are going to be praying for you. I will um, make sure that Jed has these names and that we can, um, and and these prayer requests, and and I will be praying for you. And and when we come back, I want us to. We're going to be talking about strategies for prayer. Um, because because even if we can't get to you, well, you have a God who longs to hear you, <laughs> and and he he will he is there for you. And um, I I quoted Hebrews uh, earlier. 
that we have a throne of grace that we can go to in our time of need. And Jesus was tempted in every way, but without sin. So we get to run to a God who understands, he relates. When we return, we're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to learn how to pray from Jed. Thank you. Welcome to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I have been talking with Jed Coppinger about prayer. And, and in many ways today, we have been putting the heart of this program into action. We want to live by faith, walk by faith. And part of that is praying. We need to trust God and run to him with our praise, with our anxieties, with our worries, with our questions, with our requests. And we've been doing that all day today. So Jed, thank you for that. I want to get to Angela, who has been waiting in Chesterton, Indiana. What do you, how can we be praying for you, Angela? Thank you both so much. Um, just requesting prayer for my children um, who've been through some very dark trauma. Um, the older ones, are kind of um, have kind of some of their language is a kind of blaming. Well, God could have prevented it and different things. So I'm praying that God is able to, you know, heal, you know, to restore and make new the spirit of their mind, and that the truth of God's word would really just um, bring forth hope in their hearts and their minds. Hmm. All right. So we want to pray for your children who have experienced some dark trauma and pray for a godly way of healing. And so we're going to pray for that. We'll pray for that, Jed. Go for it. Absolutely. God, we come to you um, on behalf of Angela and her children and um, just pray that you would um, be present in Angela's life in a unique way. There's a uh, uh, there are very few things that weigh on a person uh, like children uh, who are on a parent's heart. And so we, we thank you for her concern for her kids and their relationship with you. And um, we know it's a work of grace for her to be concerned about that kind of thing. And so I pray you continue to encourage her as she intercedes for them and as she tries to influence them um, as they navigate dealing with unspeakable things. Um, God, we do pray for their hearts and the, the trauma that they faced, yes. uh, the ongoing consequences uh, and implications and collateral damage that they are still walking in the midst of. Um, God, I, I, I pray that you would break through, that your light uh, would break through the darkness in healing ways, in ways that stir them and move them and encourage them and bring about a hope that um, they can't explain. You provide a peace that transcends all understanding. You provide a hope that transcends all understanding. You provide a joy that transcends all understanding. And, and I pray that, that Angela, you would enable her to see you working in her kids' hearts and that you would indeed use what was horrible, you would turn that evil and redeem it in ways that we can't even, we don't even know exactly how you could do that. 
But would you would you do that by the by the end of next week? Would you do something that would encourage Angela's heart that either there's a major breakthrough or that there's some specific thing that that shows him we're heading in the right direction. We're we're heading towards hope in God. We're moving towards uh, more fullness. I uh, just think over and over in scriptures, you show us your people who you love so much go through such horrible, difficult things. Uh, Joseph and, and and Paul and Peter, you know, all of these people, Esther, they're put in these positions that are uh, traumatic. And yet you're able to work through the darkness. And those are recorded for us to encourage us that uh, the pathway is often awful but the destination is amazing. And I pray that you would encourage them in this way. You would bring people into their life to speak words of hope, uh, not that would speak words of doubt. Um, and that they might see something um, in a way that a year from now, uh, Angela will not believe the great things that are coming from their kids, her kids' mouths and the joy and the hope that just mark their everyday mm. life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have a lot of prayer requests for really specific things, specific things um, such as even insurance that may not be um, pay for repairs or hmm. children who are very sick. And before we go back to the lines, I'd like for us to to, to talk about some strategies for prayer. I want to equip all of you listening to pray. We want to be pray, prayer warriors on our own, get out our prayer closet, however you want to say it. But mm-hmm. we, we, need, we need some to be taught, right? So help us. How, what are some strategies, Jed? Yeah, I think that whenever you look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus provides three really great strategies, very practical to help us with our daily prayer lives. Um, We lost Jed. While we try to figure out what is going on with Jed, I will go ahead and I want to pray for Joyce. Joyce, if you are ready, I'd love to hear um, what's on your mind and heart and how I can pray for you. Is Joyce on the line? Joyce yeah, from Florida? but it's based. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I'd like for you to pray for my daughter, my husband. My daughter got hit by a semi at 70 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And had um, um, trauma. Um, 10% of um, oxygen didn't go to her brain. She, she turned schizophrenic, was hearing voices. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, her dad has her, but they kept, I had a couple of doctors when I was down here saying that. She was getting overdosed by uh, all the psychiatric pills, which was making her hear voices more. She was thinking wow. she was in hell, and people just terrible. And okay. my heart's broken. Yes. And my and when I lowered her dose when he came to see me because my mom's ninety four, I'm taking care of her um, mm. over the other side. My plate's full. Um, yeah. There's a lot of giants right now. And I don't mm. know where. My daughter's a good girl. Mm. And um, 
you need I prayer told for. my husband yeah. that he was he was giving her the medicine too early, and I had her down, and she was doing pretty good. And the next thing I know, she's taking off her clothes, running around naked, and then he videoed her. So yeah, let's pray. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and pray for you, Joyce. Lord, you are a God who is awesome and holy and just. And you care so much for us. You care about Joyce and her family. You care about her daughter. Lord, I want to pray right now for healing and protection. God, I pray that you would heal Joyce's mind. God, that you would heal her body. Lord, that um, that she would be able to get off of or weaned off of any any psychiatric medicine that is unhelpful or unnecessary. God, you are the great physician. You have the ability to to heal. So I pray that you would. God, I pray that Joyce would would cast all of her burdens onto you. She cannot carry this. And she you can hear it in her voice that she knows her weakness and and that she's she cannot. She can't carry it. So I pray, Lord, that you would um, help her to, to take every, every burden, every cry, every tear to you who wept and understand. God, that she would not carry this alone, Lord. God, I pray that you, you would do some healing. God, we love you. We worship you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Jed, you are back. I'm back. I'm so sorry. No problem. You were giving us three strategies. We only have a minute left, which I cannot believe. So could you tell us those last two strategies? Yeah. Uh, so you can pray your problems and you can pray your plans. So what's the outcome you want to see happen uh, in in your plans? And then uh, and so look at your calendar, look at your task for the day, and just ask God to bring about the outcome you hope will happen in those things. And then pray your, uh, pray your uh, Bible. Uh, stay in the Psalms. You'll find language to pray over and over, and you'll learn to talk to your Heavenly Father like He wants you to talk to Him, which is about all of these kinds of things. So just read your Bible and learn what to do. Ask for God's help to do those things that you just learned. So you pray your problems, pray your plans. Pray your Bible, and you've got material to pray every day in the morning and on the go throughout the day. Oh, well, this went by way too fast. I'd like to thank my guest, Pastor Jed Coppinger, for joining me today. Also, thanks to the behind the scenes team at Moody Radio, my producer, Karen Hendren, my engineer, Courtney Young, and Lynn on the phones. Tune in next week when we talk about marriage, and I'll introduce you to someone who is closely related on this topic to me. It's my husband, Thurn Newbell. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Living by Faith. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio.